Hey guys, this is the Out of Focus Podcast with your host, Will Malone. What's up dudes? I'm back, I'm here, I'm alive. After the Avengers mega cast, we survived and had to undergo yet another conclusion this past weekend of a beloved nerd franchise in Game of Thrones. And I wrote a blog post about it. I don't have to bore you with really the details of it necessarily, but you know, there's this is not a pop culture this is a pop culture adjacent podcast, I guess, but I only really ever talk about the ones that I feel like have massive cultural impact and that I would think about daily, uh, in a sense, uh, and and that I like. So, so you know, I've talked about Avengers. I've talked about a movie here or there that I feel like connected to something I was going through, but I don't typically make a habit of talking about movies and TV in this way. Um, but anyways, Game of Thrones finale. I liked it. It was good. Uh, I wrote a blog post, which, looking back uh, on the blog post, uh, I discussed a debate that my sister and I had over Game of Thrones. Uh, you know, as as Christians, should we watch Game of Thrones because of all of the uh, the violence and sex and stuff that's in the show? And so we had a little debate about it, and I, I ultimately disagreed with her premise. Uh, but, you know, I agreed with her general points and philosophies on the topic. Um, and I, I don't think in the post I did a great job of putting the caveat that I agree with her generally, but I think that in this case, saying that Christians blanketly should not watch Game of Thrones... Uh, is is not is not a great uh not a not a great conclusion um although she she had more nuance to her argument than simply that but you can go read the blog post um <laughs> she i don't know if she was super jazzed about uh me posting about her debate but i simply used it as an example of the cultural impact game of thrones had to somewhat connect it to you know, the cultural impact that other huge franchises like Harry Potter, which have also caused uh, many a Christian debate, um, you know, and Lord of the Rings and Narnia and that kind of thing. Um, So I just, I put it in the pantheon of those things and just mentioned, you know, I know a lot of different Christians that discuss Game of Thrones uh, in a negative light just due to the, some of the content that is in it. But generally, I, I think it's it's up there with Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones. Uh, I have my nitpicks, of course, with the finale and the final two seasons um, because it feels rushed and there's a few other thing issues with it. But generally, I think it will be remembered favorably, and I, am, I enjoyed the ride. I, I enjoyed my time with it, so... That's about all I'm going to talk about Game of Thrones. Um, so today, uh, it's it's kind of a, you get a mini Solo Will episode once again. I know you're always looking forward to these. And uh, I wanted to talk about two things. You know, I had a few episodes ago discussed how I would bring a photography-related article. So I figured I would talk about that briefly and then talk about uh, one other thing that's kind of on my mind. And then I have another episode that I'm planning to do this week. Um, a special, a special episode. Although all of these episodes have been kind of special lately, not one has been the same as the other. It's I've I've had a lot of variety lately, um, which I think is pretty interesting. It just kind of shows the phase of life I'm in, the uncertainty that uh, you know just permeates my existence um, as I run around uh, with a camera and just uh, wandering like some sort of chicken with his head cut off. Uh, while the rest of the world, you know, goes to work and I 
run around and play, you know, just constantly is all I do, you know? Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, yeah, I, you can sense the bitterness with which that comments have been aimed, you know, <laughs> you can sense, you can sense the bitterness I have for people that criticize my, uh, my current status in life. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just, I wanted to, uh, talk about, you know, just the camera industry. I, I don't want to go too much into the photography industry because it gets a little too nuts and bolts. And I, this is not a photography podcast, but I did find an article. I only want to talk about articles that are actually interesting. Um, I don't want to just like come up with an article and just to have filler content. I want to have something, I have something actually to say about it. So this article is from Petapixel. Um, and I, I typically do not uh, you know, I'm not a regular of these camera photo blogs. Cause I, the more and more I think about it, I, I just, I'm not a photography nerd per se. I'm like a, what the, the, I'm a nerd for the things that photography can, can bring me to the stories, the narrative, the, the art of photography rather than rather than so much the industry, despite knowing a ton about it is like, I just, it, it's just one of these things that I'm not overly passionate about, you know, camera gear and this kind of stuff. Um, I'm, I'm passionate about camera gear that can push me into a new realm. I'm, I've been shopping for, uh, this particular antique lens that I'm hoping to get here in the next like couple months. Um, that I'm excited to like make a post about show you guys just because it does, it, it, it's just, it's so different from what is normal in the cameras sphere. And I've wanted one of these for a long time. So I'm excited to show you guys that later on. So if I talk about gear, it's going to be stuff that pushes my work to a different space or a different level. And I want it to be somewhat strange. Like I, I want it to be a strange piece of gear, not, uh, not, you know, simply, you know, a 24 millimeter 1.4 lens, you know, that's just, that's boring to me, uh, to, to discuss ad nauseum. The, the piece of equipment is not boring to me because I quite enjoy getting a new piece of equipment, but how much can you really just talk about it and keep it interesting? So anyway, this article is Canon and Nikon imaging sales drop 17% plus over the past year. And they mean fiscal year. Um, first quarter results for 2019 have reported that Canon's uh, sales have dropped 17%, as well as Nikon's, which have dropped 17.9%. And if you know me, you know I am a Nikon guy. Um, and not for really any reason other than that was just the first camera I started with. I'm not overly pa brand loyal or passionate. However, I will say that the Nikon D850, which is what I shoot with mostly, uh, I mean, there's not a camera that really still compares to it uh it's it's such a good camera that it it blows my mind when i use a canon like really how far behind canon cameras are um which is kind of why i've never really thought about making the switch i know it's popular in my industry of portraiture and stuff but i just i can't understand why i would downgrade to canon in a sense other than they have excellent lenses and a better selection of affordable lenses than nikon does but with Nikon, once you got your set of lenses, I'm, you're kind of good. Like, I don't feel the need to constantly shop for a new lens unless I break one or something. I've kind of got my setup. Um, 
but yeah, like, why is this? Like, what, what is, why, why, why would camera sales be going down if everyone's a photographer? Everyone is a photographer. Everyone's starting a photography business. So why on earth would camera sales be going down? And, um, I haven't read too, too much on this issue, but I can guess that number one would be price point. These cameras like mine, the D850 is super expensive. Uh, it is, it is not for anyone who's just dabbling in photography. You do not spend $3,600 on a camera body if you are just dabbling in photography. So it's, it's kind of got a niche. So that makes sense. Um, however, they said that the DA50 is steady, but the new mirrorless Nikon cameras aren't as steady. But I think that's just because it's probably the first generation of Nikon mirrorless cameras. Um, but yeah, I think for these more expensive prosumer cameras, um, which, you know, I, I still hesitate to call them even consumer cameras just because of the price point. They're just expensive. You know, how often do you, it's like, um, it's like a desktop computer. Like how often do you buy a desktop computer? You buy one every maybe like six or seven years when yours breaks, you know, I've, I rocked my D 800 for five years and then I upgraded. So it's like, it's one of these things you're not, you're not going to buy every year except for like a very small percentage of people. Um, number two, uh, I would just say that, you know, a lot of these articles attribute this drop in sales to smartphone photography, which I find a little funny because I feel like the camera sales in general, the like DSLRs and um, mirrorless cameras, I feel like aren't really in competition with smartphones. It's like a smartphone is a different thing. And the people who are satisfied with a smartphone camera weren't going to buy a regular camera anyway. So I, I feel like, you know, I know a fair amount of people who regularly use their iPhone, but they want to like take the next step into a bigger camera. But I feel like people who are just snapping pics of their kids or, you know, vacation photos and that kind of thing, they're not going to go buy, you know, uh, even a $1,200 camera, you know? So I think it's really, uh, it's really real deal. Cameras are kind of a hobbyist thing. Um, now granted, Owning a camera, at like a family camera, which I feel like all of us grew up with our family owning at least a camera, you know, whether it's a point-and-shoot camera or a DSLR, to capture family stuff isn't a requirement anymore. So families don't need to have a family camera that they spend a good bit of money on, like a family video camera or family, you know, uh, digital camera because the, everybody in the family has probably got one on their phone. So I guess in one sense, you know, smartphones probably have taken a big bite of that. But I think also too, it just shows, you know, we talked about the last time I brought in an article, it was like, <laughs> it's on this depressing line of, you know, how photography is not a money making business, uh, in general. And I think that it's just where I think photography has been in a state of flux ever since its inception, because of it being based in science, because of it being so vulnerable to advancement um, in technology, that it's just, it's constantly changing. I, I can't think of a time in history where photography hasn't been shifting major in some major way at some point. You know, went from, you go from, uh, <laughs> you know, huge camera setups, portable dark rooms, dark bags, you got Ansel Adams, eight by 10, you know, camera setup, silver plate type stuff. Then it switches to this point and shoot Kodak Brownie world where, you know, you don't even have to develop your photos anymore. You just send in your Brownie camera and Kodak develops it for you. So it's like, it's always been changing, um, in, in, in accessibility. So it, it's kind of hard for me to like ever see as the camera industry, 
faltering. It's just constantly shifting. It's an ever, it's an ever moving entity, uh, of an industry. Um, now of course digital has shaken it up to a degree that I don't think it has seen since probably the dawn of, you know, maybe disposable cameras <laughs> or something like that. But you know, it's gotten to the point where cameras are so good and you can spend, you know, 1200 bucks on a camera and you will be just fine with that potentially for the rest of your life. Like it's really gotten to that point because there, I, there's a level where like sharp is too sharp, you know, like how much more powerful of a camera do you possibly need? Um, it's, it's like we're, we're getting on the point of iteration. So it's the, the desire to upgrade is less and less, necessary um for me i guess the only reasons i would ever upgrade my da50 would be you know a few years from now because it's old or um i can get a better cost mirrorless camera capable of similar stuff it does and it's smaller more compact and easier to carry around i guess but still like i i just don't i don't feel this need to upgrade um and you know the da50 i guess technically came out like what two years ago and um i still use my d800 uh as a second shooting camera for like weddings and stuff so i still i still use i used it on a um school play i i switched them up i switched from my d850 to my d800 and it just blew me away how good the d800 still is it's just i wanted a second camera body and the d800 is a little slower but generally if i was a hobbyist and i just had the d800 i'd be perfectly fine so it's we're just in this we're just in this place where there's no major advancement happening which is kind of the story of the gadget tech world right now there's just nothing major happening um you know and you have more better camera brands that are starting to pop up you know canon and nikon have kind of been you know numero uno in the game the the apple versus pc kind of thing um and and now they've got a lot of competition and i think they've been falling behind in a few ways when you know you got sony and fujifilm rolling up on them um uh, with some amazing stuff it's really tempting to get into like i i've some of the fujifilm medium format stuff is really awesome and it's really really enticing for somebody like me the sony ones i've never really liked playing with the sony mirrorless um it's it's a little uh a little too many menus for me and it's a little sterile. Like I just don't like how the images feel compared to my Nikon. Um, but you know, I've also heard my, one of my favorite photographers, Jeremy Cowart talk about how this new Canon EOS R mirrorless camera has like breathed new life into his photography and how it like made him love photography again. So, you know, it's like when I hear something like that, I'm curious, like I want to go try that out. Um, and I know of wedding photographers that have switched completely to the Canon EOS R mirrorless system and, just rave about it all day long and so i'm i'm curious certainly but it's not it's it would not be a sensical decision business-wise to really upgrade because really it's just going to be nitpicks of feel and ease of use that generally aren't i think as high of a priority like I, i just don't think there's there's any sort of impetus for me to upgrade or buy a new camera right now um since i just bought one in october you know um but yeah so super interesting again like i don't think that despite photographer being one of the you know uh supposedly being one of the uh lowest uh money making of businesses and then camera sales falling i 
I honestly, I think the camera industry is simply changing um, or settling in some way, but I, I don't know. It's, it, I, it's not, it's not over, you know, it's not ending. Um, you know, you can look at the music industry as a good, uh, as a good comparison. It's like, you know, the mu- it, it, it's harder than ever to make money being a musician, but people make it happen and people do it. So you just have to be more clever about how you approach it. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's it just be ready to change, be always, you know, shifting, moving, innovating, and it can be done. So I, again, like, I don't think we are living through the photography end times by any stretch of the imagination. So, you know, say you are starting a business, freelancing, freelance business in a new place, and you're kind of like, boy, I've got to build all these new relationships, meet all these people. And it's slow. It's slow growth. You're starting from scratch, which is exactly what I've been doing. Um, well, uh, you know, the, the the one thing that has been my number one rule is, you know, throughout this is like, even though things may not be moving, I never just sit on my butt and like watch Netflix all day. And, um, you know, always be moving, always be shifting, always be, you know, chasing something like come up with a task and go after it. And, that's been really useful and it just breathes life into my business. It's just, you work like everyone else, um, essentially a nine to five, you know, you just, you work during the day and you set a list of tasks and you accomplish them. And it's fed into business that I never even saw there originally. So it's been, um, it's been really like a good practice. Just never, you know, the second you start going into these, um, you go into the couch potato zone just because you're self-employed. Um, it's fun every once in a while to, you know, watch an episode of the office or something during your lunch break. But, uh, I think generally like every time I've kind of let myself slide into the, well, I'm self-employed so I can do what I want today kind of thing. Um, it really, it, it never feels good and it doesn't, it really like, um, you know, shuts out any opportunity. Um, so my, my big thing is, uh, to find opportunities, um, or create them. Uh, so find things to make, find people to talk to. Um, this podcast is an example of that. It's, it's kind of an opportunity I'm creating for myself so that I am always making something, always communicating something and just, uh, growing my business in other ways than simply, um, just looking for my next photo job. And that's kind of what it's led me to is just realizing like, Oh, I can, I can turn this thing into something, more than just being a freelance photographer if I really set my mind to it. And that's by building opportunities and teaching yourself different things and becoming multifaceted um, through, you know, doing video projects, which I'm working on that short film with Robert Schoolfield. And that's just one of those things that's just like, you know, just always have a project going on. And that's been really helpful. Um, and so, you know, I, I feel like, uh, I, I talked to, and I, the reason I have this on my mind is because I talked to a couple of people, just random strangers who saw me. Cause I always carry around usually some sort of camera device, whether it's like a, an instant film camera, some weird film camera, or like just my big digital camera. And, and it's amazing how many people will come up to you and be like, yeah, I want to get into photography, but I'm just not sure where to start. And, uh, I just think like, you know, if you want to get into photography and, and be a professional document or, or something, you know, you want to tell stories with your camera, then you just need to start telling stories with your camera. Um, 
paid opportunities don't just like show up at the door. And that's, that's the big thing that I think that, um, my big mental shift I had from probably when I, um, really started getting into doing photos for money when I was probably like 19 to now is realizing that through all the different jobs and, um, experiences I've had over the years that, you know, unless you are super connected and you, uh, you know, don't have to worry about money or you have, uh, you know, you just kind of like lucked into a situation like work doesn't just show up at your doorstep and you have to go out and find it. And if you can't find it, then you have to create things that, you know, have that attract work, you know, to you, you know, and that's, that's what the 365 taking a photo every day did. So it's just, you take a photo every day and then all of a sudden, someone out there is going to notice like, Oh, you took this incredible landscape. I wonder if he can do photos of my house or blah, blah, blah. So it's just this creating the opportunity to yourself instead of waiting for opportunities to come your way, because waiting for opportunities to come your way, just it, it's, it's just a world of disappointment and will, uh, it's very depressing <laughs> to, to, uh, just wait, you know, it just, it doesn't work. And, uh, so I've just been, um, you know, some days it gets hard. Some days you're, you're mm-hmm. talking into a mic like this and you think, you know, why am I doing this? Like, is this actually going to get anywhere? But it does. You know, it's just like um, exercising daily or eating healthy. It's like, you know, in three days from now, I will feel pretty decent, but I won't have lost weight or been in that much better shape. But in a month from now, it will make a big difference. So it's just like making small deposits into this bigger thing. And... What I've learned is that I've been here probably about five or six months now, and that's not that long of a time. <laughs> it is not uh, not that long of a time to work on a business, and it's flown by like crazy. Um, and, of course, there's some mistakes I've already made along the way, but um, as long as I adjust and learn from them and just keep moving at all costs, then it'll be okay. Um, at least I tell myself that, but anyway... Um, so I just wanted to check in here. Um, again, I'm probably going to have another episode this week. Don't want to just leave you with my droning rantings and ravings. Uh, but I hope you are having a great rest of your week and I will talk to you soon.